Last time on Crudely Drawn Swords. A little change from our traditional game. Today we are playing Follow by Ben Robbins. We have two things that we've decided make our quest difficult. One is an uncharted and seldom travelled sea, and the other is that someone or something dangerous is on the ship with us. Our goal is to sail along the north coast of Magnophilus, drop the hawks as close as possible to Malahir. So if the quest fails, that is what will fail to have happened. The hawks will be on the boat, but this quest is really the people who are sailing them, the people who have to get this precious cargo all along this dangerous journey. I will be playing the shipmaster Seamus Crabclaw Huss. I shall be playing Jonathan Lockhart, second mate. Weaver Cambrick. She was a sealer. Unfortunately, some events recently have meant she's no longer a goddamn sealer. And what's she supposed to do now? I'm playing Blake Grimoire, the surgeon aboard the Ghost. I'm playing one of the deckhands on the ship by the name of Torquil McClay. We also have a minor character. My minor character is going to be a gentleman by the name of Martin Karuta. I'm playing Uno Rump. And my minor character is Rear Grande. I'll be playing it all Yem. He's a ship's cook. Um, oh... I'm going to be playing Winkle. So, challenges. I do like the sound of confronting something from the deep. It's not, in fact, a creature from the deep. It's like that seaweed forest that you get. I knew things would be difficult. What I didn't expect was for us to get caught up in seaweed. It's like ivy trying to grow into the ship somehow. Boy, is this your first job? Y yes, sir. It's important that you go fully into this. Just really commit. Ah! What you're gonna have to do is chew, lad. I got some! It's stuck in my throat! I got one for you, sir. Let me just inspect inside his mouth and see what's gone on. Uh, He's not going to be the same person that he was when you brought him to me. Am I gonna die? Do you want to die now? I... no! The seaweed has grown up all over the sides onto the deck. Jonathan, there was no way I could tell this was going to be the situation. I think perhaps that there is some kind of solution. See if you can find some concoction that repels it. Yes, sir. This iodine here is able to repel it to a certain extent. Why well, say I had a little balsamic vinegar with it? Yes, will this affect our stores is my concern. Well, we're just going to have to do with sort of basic salad dressing. Did you try drinking any of this, Winkle? If you think I should, I don't really know any better. Look, Winkle, when someone on the ship tells you to drink something, you drink it. It's known as the rule of Grog. Ah, ah, my mouth. That's what it is to have commitment, lad. After every player has made one scene for the challenge, we see if the fellowship succeeded or failed. Oh, Benjamin. Okay, so here's the outcome. Red Red, a character betrays or is betrayed by the Fellowship and is lost and lose the challenge. He's so intoxicated that one of the pieces of kelp gets wrapped around his ankle and as the ship pulls away, he's just left behind. I think Winkle shouts out, don't go on without me, but all they're going to hear is, go on without me! Now that's commitment. It's the way of the sea.
So our first challenge was survive an attack from the deep. We failed. Not everyone survived. No, they did not. Magnus, your options are keep the crew on side, repair our ship, confront the royal, thread the reefs, weather the storm, deal with being becalmed without enough supplies, put down a mutiny, choose a captain or re-elect the old one, Find a way to get more supplies or a dangerous stowaway. So, uh, Crabclaw is a skilled navigator and he knew coming round this side of the Great Cat's Ear that they were going to have to face the Royal or try and navigate past the Royal. Yeah. If they get too near the land, they're going to hit the reef. If they go too far out to sea, they're going to hit the Royal. Yep. Uh, which would be really good if we could get a description of Royal in a minute. Uh, maybe from the captain's eye or something. Yeah. So what we're going to do, unfortunately, is sail directly in between those two, which has a massive great big storm. Right. So we're going to weather the storm. Yep. Sweet. Hold on. Okay, great. Doesn't Crabclaw want to see the royal, though? He wants to see this part of the ocean. What, so you reckon we should go straight into the whirlpool? I think he wants to see it from a distance. He wants to see it rather than experience it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ben will describe it in a second, what the Royal actually is. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure at the point where all of the people on that ship see it, they're going to think, yeah, do you know what? This is actually near enough. (laughs) Rather than beaching ourselves or kind of crashing into the reef, we're going to go through that storm. Because storms we've dealt with. Except it's a storm of swords. Tell us what makes the challenge difficult and why we need to do it. You've explained why we need to do it. So it's also like the seas are really high, I would imagine. Also, because it's near the Royal, there's some weird effects that we're not used to. Yeah. But this is the best option for this ship and this crew because they're experienced. They've been in many a storm, but this sea is very different to any sea they've been in. Amazing. Okay. Who's the first player to decide how to deal with this problem? Obviously can't be yours, but anyone else's. I think that... Crabclaw would probably, as a navigator, be the natural person for this, but Chief Jonathan Lockhart, as first mate, will just take over. Yeah, Chief Lockhart. Okay, so the first scene will belong to Chief Jonathan Lockhart, but first, imagine, if you will, a dark ocean. The wine-dark sea. Seas aren't famously wine-dark, except in uh, Homer. Don't! (laughs) Very good. (laughs) The ghost is sailing... And off your starboard bow is the white line of the land, this endless salt desert. And the sky to the south is blue. But to the north and off your port bow, there is a cloud hanging in the sky. And it looks a little like you're seeing a whirlpool from below. Except as it gets higher, it becomes like a tower of cloud. And you can see flickering streaks of lightning in different colours going up the side. So it looks almost like the ash cloud from a volcano. And flying circles around it are white kind of glowing shapes that we can't really make out, but there's these kind of points of light that appear and kind of circle it. And the whole thing almost has a slightly oily colour to it, like gleams of different colour are visible in the cloud. So it looks very strange. And that lies off in the distance to the port. But that's what we can see of the Royal. The white coast lies to the starboard. And as the afternoon moves in, a week after the escape from the seaweed, 
a dark line forms on the horizon ahead of the ship and it starts to approach like a wall of darkness, the sea vanishing into shadow below. A storm is pushing towards the ghost. Yeah, so Chief, it's your scene. Who do you want to have in it? I think before we hit the Royal, like I say, we should... Well, this is the storm coming in. He's going to avoid that storm by steering us into the Royal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's the best. Shut up, Crabclaw! What have you done so far? Ah, uh, why? Yeah, so I think the opening scene needs to be a conversation between the captain and two crew members who may or may not have contributed to the murder of a child. <laughs> So it's going to be the captain sitting at her desk. Well, I should point out that basically, while this is going on, Lockhart is walking around the ship, calling out orders. We're getting everything stowed. We've handled storms before. You know, this one looks a little different, but we're getting everything battened down. We're taking all the main sails out. We're going to try and go into it, ride it out, and then go through. So we want all the sails stowed away. All the gear is locked down. All the hatches are battened. Yeah, And the ship is generally getting ready for a storm. But inside the captain's cabin, there is Weaver, Crabclaw, and the captain. Okay, well, remember, this is your scene. So this is your moment in the spotlight. Maybe it's you dobbing us in. Okay, I will... So what about your reporting into the captain and saying, looks like a storm coming in? That's how we'll open then. So there's a, a reverent... Come in. I enter. (laughs) So, like, the camera follows Lockhart through the door and the captain's sat looking over a chart, maybe, or some reports or something, and she's still got her customary bandana over her long, dark hair and white shirt she wears with a stirrupy star symbol, quite a large star pendant round her neck. And she looks up and she says, Master Lockhart, report. Captain Tor, the preparations to hit the storm are going underway. I suspect she'll be on us no more than a day, two days travel. Sails are down, uh, everything's stowed away. We are prepared to handle her. Very good. If this is going to be turbulent, do we need to talk to those responsible for the trouble last time, just to make it clear what their duties are and are not? Uh, edit this bit out. Does she mean the incident <laughs> with Winkle? Because I was about to bring that up. Yes, oh. yes. Yes, unfortunately, I think a conversation needs to be had. I would suggest bringing in Weaver and Crabclaw. I would maybe recommend bringing in the surgeon as a witness. Hmm. Just bring Weaver and Crabclaw. Your witness will be sufficient, Master Lockhart. As you wish. I'll go to the door. So, like, fetches them in? Yep. I'm going to stand sternly behind the captain and her desk, (laughs) my hands clasped behind my back. And so, what do Crabclaw and Cambric do? Captain? You asked us in here? Yes, I did. Now, it's been a while since the trouble, if I may, the disaster with the aggressive weed. And it looks as though we're going to have to ride out a significant storm. I think this ship is cursed. No, it's not cursed. It's this side of the sea, I keep saying. You can't sail this side and expect everything to go smoothly. We knew we were driving into chaos. Somebody is deliberately bringing doom down on the ship. Hush your tongues, you two. The captain is speaking. What I am saying is this. I do not wish to see another Winkle on this ship. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. 
I'm sorry, it's laundry day and everyone's everyone's just scared. If we try and do the laundry when we hit the storm, everyone's going to lose their bloomers over the side. So we're doing it now. I, I, I'm sorry, Captain. It's just something that happens. <laughs> Through the porthole comes Tristan. Sorry, did I? What? Did I miss something? No, lad, don't worry. Get back to flapping around in the wind. Okay, my mistake. Sorry, carry on. The captain says, as a crew... We work together and we hold together. We do not abandon small children after persuading them to drink poison. We are trying to solve the problem. Well, perhaps find a way of solving a problem that does not involve feeding poison to a child. (laughs) I mean, in fairness, we were using that stuff to kill the weed and his mouth had been damaged by the weed. Logical sense said that that was all going to be fine. You're going to kill the weed that was in his throat. It's just the chaos of this side of the cat's ear. We can't be blamed for mistakes. <laughs> we're, we're breaking ground here, Captain. Bad things happen, people die. In many ways it's sea, not land. We're breaking new land. Sea. Master Crabclaw, please do not break land with this ship. Oh, I mean, I, I'm trying, I, but I'd be better placed out there than in here being yelled at and i i get that things went wrong but they, they weren't our fault captain may i interject uh the poisoning of the child was directly their fault captain nobody could have predicted this no, nobody i could have predicted this captain <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry sir what exactly did you do to save that child <laughs> he- he was poisoned, Crabclaw. There wasn't a lot I could do. Right, and prior to that, what is it that you were doing to save him? I didn't know he'd been poisoned by two crewmen. Before he was poisoned, when he was being injured and his mouth was being lacerated by angry, aggressive kelp. What was your solution to that, sir? Gentlemen. Sent him to the sturgeon. Sturgeon? <laughs> oh, I remember, you put a fish in his mouth. Classic. <laughs> no, wait, what did I... A very caviar move. Gentlemen, we are not here for you to dispute. No, I'm sorry, Captain. The point I must make is that we have a duty of care to all the crew of this ship. I do not want to hear about a single crew member who does not make it home. I do not wish to have to report to any other family that their child has been lost because... They were persuaded to drink poison for no reason at all. <laughs> rule of Grog. It is the rule of Grog. But no, oh, Captain... Oh, oh, fair point. The rule of Grog. We appreciate what you're saying. We, we fully accept it. I do not. The two of us have been members of the, the Dost for many, many years. The people surrounding us are our family. We will be diligent and careful. To not poison... And at least he was young, so we aren't missing much. I mean, I think my point might have been classier than that, but yes. Captain, to reiterate, they will take every care to no longer poison a crewman. (laughs) (laughs) There will be tests upon this journey. We knew that when we began, and we believe the next one lies before us. I agree, Captain. You will be judged by your performance in this situation as much as by any other. So get out there, remember your responsibilities, Look to your crewmates, and let's get through this. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye. And scene. Although we are clearly cursed. Well, the next scene is Weaver Cambric. Hello. So, where, when, and with whom is your scene? I suspect this is the point where we must hit the storm. Yeah. This is where we start to 
climb the massive waves, fall into the massive ebbs. I don't know the word. Troughs. Troughs! <laughs> like pigs to the slaughter. So I'm going to need a lot of deck hands is what I'm going to need. <laughs> <laughs> All hands on deck. All hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> this went very well last time. Definitely. We have fewer deck hands than we did. Okay, I suspect we're going to need uh we're going to need uh Torquil. Yep. We're going to need Uno Rump. Yep. We're going to need Winkle. Rare. Rare. Yeah, Winkle's dead. We don't need him. <laughs> we can't have Winkle. Our Winkle is gone. Wait, I need to cross out Winkle. Ah, poor little Winkle. Shriveled away to nothing. <laughs> I mean it is cold in the sea. <laughs> And um, I've forgotten who we have now. You've got Rare Rump and Torquil. <laughs> rare Rump Torquil. Wait, who's not in this now? What character do we have left? We don't have to have everyone in every scene. And in fact, practically, it's good not to. Right. So uh, if you wanted to have Chief Lockhart, Stu's the person that's not in it. That would make sense to be on deck, wouldn't it? Yes, but it could also be like gossip among the deckhands. Like, is the ship actually cursed? Yes, because the ship is definitely cursed. Okay, I do not want you in this. Shut the fuck up, Stu. (laughs) (laughs) No! Okay, so we're plunging into these troughs, rising up these waves, and it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. All-hands-on-deck. Okay. And shouting above the noise of the storm. I told you all! This boat is cursed! I'm not sure that kind of, um, kind of thing is the best thing to be yelling when we're heading into a storm. Nobody can hear me over the storm. This is definitely cursed. Somebody is working against us. I've had somebody working against me, but not for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That came out a lot lot ruder than I planned. (laughs) I do apologise. I I was going to say something. (laughs) I'll just haul on this rope here. I don't even know what's on the other end of it, but it'll probably help somehow. <laughs> I think she's right, you know. There's some kind of spirit. Do you think maybe it's the hawks? Those people, I do not trust them. I think they could be a curse for sure. I feel I've been afflicted by a curse of the hawks in the past. <laughs> but alas, they're kind of a whole thing. So I don't think we can just chuck them overboard. I think we probably can. <laughs> I hate those guys. I noticed. They are crazy. They just come and just kill us when they feel like it. They have put the curse on this boat. I'm with you. What do you think we should do then? <laughs> <laughs> come on, you're the hunter. Give us a clue. <laughs> well, right now we need to weather this storm, but we need to keep an eye on them. Oh, wait, I see. I shall sneak below decks and see what they are doing. <laughs> they are working against us, surely. I mean... We are heading into a storm right this second. Could you not maybe l- look at them after it? Ah! <laughs> Perhaps. But tell me, where are they now? Why are they not helping us in this weathering of storms? Well, Torquil's here, and I don't know that... I mean, if you haven't been picking up on the vibes, there's a little bit of tension between Torquil and some of the hawks. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think there might be a bit of love loss. Oh, my God. The heart... The heart is a terrible warrior. <laughs> Can bring down a man to his knees. Torquil like half swings past hanging onto this rope as he's washed along by this massive wave breaking over the deck. <laughs> he's like, ah, I wouldn't mind a hand, actually. <laughs> and then he goes back the other way. Love can wash you away like a gigantic wave. I know, I've had my heart broken a couple of times. I mean, it's not why I came to sea, but mm, kind of is. Well, perhaps... 
We should just put Torquil out of his misery. <laughs> no, wait, that's not what I was going with that. Perhaps you should lend Torquil a hand a moment here. Fine. Well, I'm going to sort of reach my harpoon over so you can kind of grab it. <laughs> yeah, he like grabs onto the harpoon. Be careful of the serrated edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I see. I hold it this way up. Okay, then. If I jab that down there, then I can hold position. Good work, Torquil. Uh, maybe that's a scene. <laughs> it seems like things are going better and better. Fine. Who has... Who has the next scene? Crabclaw. So Crabclaw isn't in it or is in it? I'm still a little confused. It's your scene and so you're in it and you decide who else is in it. Okay, so uh, Rare's going to be in it as well. It might just be him and Rare, to be honest. Yeah, that's cool. Up, actually, at the steering wheel. Oh, okay. So Rare's going to be actually steering the ship uh, while Crabclaw, who obviously can't really steer that well, uh, is going to stand next to him. They're going to have rain pelting them in the face. The ship is kind of rocking hard from side to side. There's crew members holding things down and walking around and trying to keep the ship going. Are they like lashed onto ropes along the side so they don't get swept overboard and shit? Yeah, some of them are. Some of them are still actively trying to do things and wishing that they could just tie themselves down. Awesome. Okay. Rare lad. I tell you what, sir, I've been in some storms in my time, but <laughs> nothing really quite compares to this one. <laughs> no. We knew as soon as that cat here was out of view that this would happen. Mighty is this sea. It's why none of us ever came here before. So close to our own land, but so fierce. How long do you think it's going to last, sir? I mean, got no real way of telling. I can't see the sky off to the, off to the port. There's that big old whirlpool. It could be like this for days. Oh. All we've got to do is keep a steady pace, make sure we don't crash into the reef, and don't get dragged into that whirlpool, or, or struck by lightning, or, or lose too many people over the ship, or have a mutiny because of the hawks being on board, or, or any of the other things. I think we're okay, lad. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you feeling positive? As positive as I can be, sir. <laughs> That's the spirit. And and I don't mean to pry, but talking to spirits. You know, sometimes you get those oogly googly feelings in your gut. Oh, I know them well. Are you getting anything from here? I mean, look at that cloud. It's it's yellow and purple and, and veiny where the lightning shoots down. Are you, are you getting a weird ominous feeling from that? Or is it, <laughs> is it just me? Hang on, sir. Hang on, sir. You take the wheel and, and I'll see what I can connect with. All right, hook me in. <coughs> ah! I've got some in, sir. I've got some in. It's coming through to me. It's an ancient soul lost at sea, lost to a storm much like this one many a moon ago. He saw waves as high as these and troughs even deeper. His ship, it was snapped in two, torn asunder by such a storm in this very place as ours. And he says to us, sir, uh, he says, Hold steady, hold true. Tell your crew to work as hard as they've ever worked, and you will befall a fate the same as ours. So, in fact, we need to do something other than that, sir. Right, you want, you want to maybe we all tell them to slack off? The dead are quite cryptic in their messages sometimes. You've got to read into it closely. I mean, it seemed quite clear cut. It said slack off. <laughs> that might be one interpretation of it, sir. Do you know, last time when you said my Aunt Gladys told me that the treasure was buried under the X, mm. that was a good story, and I, appre I mean, it turned out it wasn't, but I was glad to have that story. This one, not so positive. I'm not going to lie, Ray. Sir, you, you've got to look past the obvious when you're speaking to the dead. He obviously doesn't mean 
physically slack off. He obviously means... To fail. Mentally. Oh. He means be one with the storm. Don't overthink it. Right, very well. I'm going to steer this ship and do as you say, but I'm already in the bad books of this new hoity-toity first mate, so I'm going to let you break that news to him. Off you go, lad, and good luck. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> nice. So, the next scene belongs to Torquil, and it sounds like the news needs to be broken to the captain. So, uh, perhaps Torquil is going up with Rare <laughs> to uh, explain to Chief Lockhart what needs to be done, which I was checking something on the documentation. I wasn't actually listening to what needs to be done. <laughs> so, I look forward to finding out. <laughs> so, Torquil and... Uh... Dean. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new boyfriend. He's trying to replace Tristan. <laughs> to be honest, he's just skating around a problem. <laughs> Torquil and Dean have been swanning around the ship and every time they can, they're like, Torquil's like kissing Dean on the cheek and then looking around and be like, Dean, did he look? And uh, Dean's like, I, I, I thought you were with me for me. You just, <laughs> why are you doing this, Torquil? <laughs> Dean's actually just like James Dean. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Quite a lot more handsome than Tristan, to be Whoa, honest. Oh, steady. Shots fired. But Torquil doesn't know when he's onto a good thing. Uh, okay, so Torquil um, has kind of got really good at navigating the decks in this crazy plunging storm. <laughs> And so he's... I heard dicks. <laughs> you're navigating the dicks. <laughs> I'm like, wow, he's really trying to make Tristan jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, Torquil, get off! <laughs> I know my way around a dick in the dark. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a very serious story we're telling. It's important that we get it right. So, Torquil and Rare are making their way over... We're still in the kind of heart of the storm. What's the chief doing? Probably looking at... He's got his own little office, so he's behind his own little desk. Maybe he's behind the captain's desk and the captain's off watch. She's, like, getting some food. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Torquil and Rare come in through the door and, like, the door opens and just, like, a wash of water comes in with them and they're completely soaked. Enter! <laughs> <laughs> he came in and waved. <laughs> ah, sorry, sir. You couldn't really have heard us knocking on account of all the uh, washing and the walling and the, all the thing. Oh, it's terrible out there. Very good, man. Close the door. Anyway, we got important <laughs> information that Mr. Crabclaw thought you'd like to hear. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Crabclaw the child poisoner. <laughs> What's his latest piece of advice? <laughs> Is it perhaps to swig, swig the uh, brine from the mackerel below decks or... It's funny that you should say that, actually, sir, but um, the important bit of advice that, uh, that's come through from Crabclaw is that in order to get through this, then we need to have the minds of all of the crew working freely. And actually, he did say that uh, alcohol rations should be increased substantially until the end of the storm. <laughs> Um, now, in his professional opinion as a navigator, that will only speed us through the storm. Hmm. I will confess I'm not sure I follow his logic. You don't need to follow his logic, sir. That's what he said. He said, you make sure that you tell that chief that he doesn't need to follow my logic. He just needs to trust my navigational instincts. <laughs> Double rum rations for all of the deckhands. That's what he said. Hmm. Again, to confirm this coming from the child poisoner. Now, sir, I'm no navigator, but I do like rum. Hmm. And I am a deckhand. He uh, takes some charts, 
starts looking through charts, making notes, and uh, you see him reach out for the grog quota or the rum quota and starts looking through. Hmm. Yes, I suppose there is some logic to uh, this, what seems quite crazy. Okay. Two extra shots of rum for the men and women, obviously. And uh, try and put their fears at ease. Let them know that it's just a storm. We've handled storms before. We can handle this one. Everyone in their place. Everything's buttoned down. The cells are tucked away. The cells are stowed. I think let's just try and ride this one out. Keep, uh, tell Crabcore, keep her on a steady pace. I trust his seamanship. I trust his navigation, if not his parenting skills. <laughs> and yes, that's a good idea. Keep the spirits of the men up and uh, Women. keep them working. Oh, very good, Chief. Very good. The crew will sing your name in song. <laughs> Excellent. Get a shanty or two going. The crew love a good shanty. We do love a good shanty, sir. That's the truth. And I think a bit of rum will help with that. Torquil, you had a bit of an in with one of the hawks, didn't you? That bard, Tristan, I don't remember his surname. I think you'll find I had an out with one of the hawks. We're going to be making the sort of, no, no, sort of chopped neck sort of sign. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, start looking down at my uh, paperwork again. Shit, I forgot. He did tell me. That'll be all, gentlemen. I'd like to think that um, Rear just sort of leans across the desk that the chief is working at and takes the bottle of rum and just gives him a nod as he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and Torquil just stands outside, hands on the rail, with the rain lashing his face and just staring <laughs> into the storm. Oh, no. Okay, well, it's Blake Grimoire's scene. <laughs> so how's the surgeon going to get us into a situation where this all works out for the best? <laughs> Is this the last scene then? Yes. I mean, it's a storm, so it's probably just going to go away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's like basically the storm's going to pass. This game's quite cool. I like the way it works. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. I do think we might be uh, almost deliberately... Destroying ourselves, however. <laughs> Let's make it exciting by making it dangerous. You know what we should do? We should all drink poison. <laughs> the hawks are just going to walk up on deck and be like, why is everybody dead? <laughs> <laughs> Rosencrantz and Gilderstein are dead. <laughs> you said it would be like that. I did. What's Blake's... Well, I guess that the storm has probably just gone by this point. Yeah. We probably got through the storm. But it's caused damage to the ship and probably not a mast, but a stay or something like that. Or um, some bits of the structure of the ship have broken and have probably injured yeah. um, a crew member. Yeah, okay. Who has been brought down to Grimoire's little office thing. Okay, cool. So who's in the scene? So... Ali's not been in one for a bit. Yeah, that's... Winkle's not, not been in one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want Weaver or do you want Etoyen? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, I'm right next to you, cutting up like some kind of kangaroo. No, I reckon that, that actually Blake is probably doing surgery on somebody and Etoyen is in there helping because, you know, he's amputating something or doing something particularly horrible and needs somebody that's uh, got a good arm. You can put the right spices on it. Good at cauterizing stuff. <laughs> Just throw the extra bits on the barbie. So yeah, let's say Etoyan, yeah. and whose character am I going to amputate the leg of? <laughs> Uno Rump. Oh no! Um, Crabclaw. <laughs> Crabclaw's other hand. The Chief! <laughs> yeah. Let's just cut away at all of Stu's characters till he's just like a head. Uh, yeah, he's going to be amputating Tristan T. Wells' nose. <laughs> um, 
Why? Make it another hand or finger. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I don't think that nose really suits him. I don't think he got it done very well. We could amputate Torquil's broken heart. (laughs) Did Stu get an additional secondary? That's a good point. I don't know that we have declared one, so... No. Okay, well... (laughs) Well, I guess it's losing a limb, but... uh... Which limb would you like your secondary to lose? (laughs) Okay, I guess it's going to be a classic peg leg. (laughs) And what should the accent for a new character be? Yar! An old salty sea dog named Shanty. I'll be honest, my leg wasn't that bad, but I need it cut off for authenticity. (laughs) Yar. It's Enigma. (laughs) That's be true. I've always fancied the pirate life. So we have Etoy and the surgeon and someone being amputated who may or may not be conscious. They're conscious. Okay, and they're played by Stu. So there doesn't have to be a secondary Stu. You can just be playing that character, one of the sailing crew. Oh, he's my new secondary. Cool. (laughs) Okay, so how do we begin? I'm sorry that we didn't have enough rum to let you drink yourself into a stupor before this amputation, but... Unfortunately, it was required for other purposes, I'm told. Now, Etoy. We can't put a lovely rub of, like, spices into the the start of skin to really, uh, you know, get the juices going. If you've got any kind of food stuff that you could maybe stick into his mouth so that he could bite down on it. (laughs) I got turmeric. I don't think having a mouthful of turmeric's really going to help in this situation, but I'll confess, I be neither surgeon nor cook. Give me the spoonful of turmeric. I'm just going to hold turmeric in my mouth. He's going to hold his nose and put turmeric in his mouth. <laughs> ha, you yellow belly. <laughs> it's a cinnamon challenge. I'll do the cinnamon <laughs> challenge while I have my leg amputated. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with all me characters having body bits removed or killed through poisoning? <laughs> Very well. Cut the damn leg, you fool! Do you think that you can hold him, Etoy? He's quite a big guy. Yeah, I certainly can. <laughs> Texan, now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I've got him by his uh, by his rump. <laughs> got that haunch. He looks like good and tender. All right. Well, best of luck. <laughs> this won't hurt a bit. Oh, that hurts more than I thought it would. (laughs) Would you like a little more turmeric? Yes, fill me mouth up with turmeric. (laughs) Stick it in my ears, for God's sake, man or woman. I can't be sure. Man. Because of the accent. That classic genderless accent. (laughs) Forget the spoon, man. Give me the jar. I'm going to start swallowing turmeric. (laughs) Don't eat too much of that turmeric. It might poison you. (laughs) (laughs) Poison's the least of my concerns When did ye ever hear of a sailor Being poisoned on a ship It would be so unfortunate (laughs) I think that's the end of that scene (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Okay great well We have faced the great storm At the end of the challenge So remember type but don't hit enter If your main character Is unhappy about the path the fellowship has taken Hold one redstone If your main character actually wants the quest to fail, hold two red stones. Otherwise, no stones. Hold on, what do you mean by wants the quest to fail? Your character might have changed their motivations. Yeah, they might have changed their mind so much, they might be so angry and disappointed that they actively want failure. Man, that would have been such a good twist for Winkle. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) He was your secondary. That's the trouble with the secondary, it's your main character. 
Okay, so has everyone given zero, one, or two? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait, zero is good, one is bad? Yeah, zero is good, one is your main character is unhappy. Two is worst. Two is terrible, yeah. Two is your main character wants the quest to fail. So, three, two, one, go. Okay, so we have one red in the pool. Whoa, someone's gone. Each player takes one white, one red. As a player, did you think the fellowship did what was necessary to succeed at the challenge? <laughs> White if yes, red if no. Can I just ask, Ben, was there any follow-up? Because effectively that last scene dealt with, like, did we get through and just, like, one guy was injured and had to have his leg removed? Well, until we've done this dice roll, we don't know what the outcome is. Okay. So what it could be is bad enough that someone died. Oh, good. <laughs> Septic wound. <laughs> or... It could be that someone is betrayed, or it could be that it's a success, but we don't know until we've done this. So as a player, if you think you did enough, a W, if you think you didn't, an R. What was the end result of the last one? Someone had turned against us. That was a character is betrayed by the Fellowship. Oh, yeah, and he died. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so three, two, one, go. Okay, so we're looking at Four reds. Magnus! Quinn! <laughs> yeah. We just got drunk. All that happened was we took the opportunity to get the entire crew drunk and <laughs> hope that we get through. Uh, that's a good point. I'm not going to change mine. <laughs> yes. In the worst storm they've ever seen in a sea they've not sailed in. Come on, that did not go well. It's a very good point. You had two extra shots of rum. That's not going to get them drunk. <laughs> I, I bet they kept going. No, they didn't. So, I'm seeing four white, four red. No, Tristan's never getting to Malahim. <laughs> we, so we literally got through the storm with one man losing a leg. That's a success. <laughs> okay, so I have broken the dice curse, which was causing me to only roll ones. Are you sure? No, I, I rolled some other numbers. So, this is a D8. Let's see. So, one to four is a first stone red. There we go. Six. First stone is white. Oh, We're good. Yes. So now the second roll. We're all right. Hey, wait, what? <laughs> there are two rolls. One with cheese, one with hat. Then draw and reveal a second. So if this is a four or less, this is also a failure. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> oh for God's sake, Ben. It's a three. Okay, so white, red. Lose one character and lose the challenge. Uh, this is ridiculous. We're not getting to Malahim now. <laughs> well, the leg operation was a success, so uh, Shanty's fine. <laughs> okay, so who have we lost? I think... Torquil threw himself over the side. <laughs> I think Torquil. I think that's legit. What? No! 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 I think, basically, Weir was responsible for the reason I put Red down, and I suspect the reason Mag put Red down. The characters we're playing, I don't think, dealt with the situation very well, so I think it should be either Crabclaw or Rare. Okay. How does it happen? Does Crabclaw end up in the brig? Because <gasps> loser character is like, it's not necessarily they're dead. I, I imagine it's... Probably more that Weir has been sort of feeding Crabclaw information on sort of what the spirits say for many years. Yeah. And 
it's become blindingly obvious to Crabclaw after this event that basically he was just taking him for a ride because he wants more rum. <laughs> yeah, and when Crabclaw and the second mate discuss the issue, <laughs> it will come up that that wasn't what Crabclaw said at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to hearing that. <laughs> so maybe Red gets keel hauled. <laughs> Let's have the keel haul scene. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost Rare. So he's in the brig. That's a shame, because Rare is literally my favourite accent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, damn it. (laughs) So we've done a good job. Now, let me just... (laughs) A good job? We've done a good job of wiping out characters. It's mayhem. Losing characters. When you say we've failed the challenge, then is that the storm bit? So it's not that we haven't weathered the storm necessarily, it's just that we haven't been successful, so the boat is maybe smashed to pieces. Oh, it's just the boat is smashed to shit. Yeah. The boat is in pretty bad condition about now, I'd like to point out, because it was still in a bad condition after the weed. Yeah. When you lose characters because of the draw, they're out of the game. They may quit, die, or be kicked out of the fellowship. It could be bad luck or a noble sacrifice <laughs> or corruption. But however you want to describe it, they're gone. No matter what happens, you always get a new main to play. I think Rare would be put in the brig rather than killed. If you lost your minor character, you can introduce a new character joining the Fellowship or ask another player to take over their minor. If you lose your minor, do not make a new minor. From now on, you only have a main character. The Fellowship may shrink as you play. Oh, so Shanty can't exist. So Shanty, well, Shanty is a member of the crew, but he's not your character. Oh no! So uh, yeah, that's pretty hard. Poor, poor Winkle was uh, was always your minor. Winkle, that seems so long ago as well. <laughs> yeah, lots happened. There's a lot of water under that bridge. Let's see who who decides the final challenge. Is it going to be a one or a two? It's a one. Uh, Gwyn, <gasps> you're choosing the challenge. Ah, cool. And what were the choices again? And the list is um, Dokin Malahim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's funnily enough not on the list. So we have keep the crew on side, repair our ship, confront the royal, thread the reefs, deal with being becalmed, put down a mutiny, choose a captain or re-elect the old one, find a way to get more supplies or a dangerous stowaway. Repair our ship sounds like the obvious one, but a dangerous stowaway sounds more fun. Ali's character definitely seemed like she was going to be mutinous. Ben... Remember we had to choose those two things. Do they come up separately? Was this covered when I was out of the room? They were kind of like guides for the characters, but we haven't needed them that much because the characters have taken on a lot of life of their own anyway. Who knew? If you're playing tight by the rules, you might use those as guidelines for whether your character felt like things are going successfully. But we've had so much mayhem that it hasn't necessarily come up. But it just, but it also helps define at the very start how the characters interact and how they feel about each other. So, okay, yeah, the stowaway would be quite cool. Okay, so what do you want? I'd like to do a dangerous stowaway, but okay, repair cool. our ship sounds much more logical for where we are. All right, bear in mind that one of the things we said is someone or something dangerous is on the ship with us. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. So a dangerous stowaway makes sense. Okay, yeah, let's go for a dangerous stowaway after all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a character in the Hawks, because apparently this is definitely going to fail, (laughs) and you're going to end up shipwrecked somewhere (laughs) on some desolate coast a thousand miles from your destination. We can get a Segway. (laughs) I kind of feel like I'd like this to be longer than just this. This has actually been quite fun. I'd happily do two sessions, maybe. (laughs) 
So basically, the goal is sail along the coast and drop the hawks as close as possible to Malahim. Which is one day's ride from where we left. <laughs> so, so yeah, it could be that failure is likely to look like the hawks are dropped a long way and also the ship is probably wrecked. <laughs> but let's see how this plays out. It might be fine. Okay, Gwyn, obviously not you. Who is the first person to have a scene here? If you wanted to play it strategically, consider who would be good to be the last person to have a scene here as well, and put the person above them. First person to have a scene, well, we're looking at a stowaway. Do I need to actually describe any of that, or that's what we explore in the scene? So, okay, yeah. We'll figure that out as we go along. I reckon, first of all, it's going to be something about people noticing signs that there might be something weird going on. Okay. So who's going to be the most appropriate for that? Let's say Weaver, actually, because... I, yeah, I think she's skulking around a lot. Yeah. Perhaps it is. I've been out stabbing the rats, looking for clues to the curse of this ship. Which this could be. Okay, so who's in your scene, Weaver? There is a curse. I've been telling people for years. And where does it take place? Um, I need somebody who would be going along with me because they, for some reason, are happy to go along with my ridiculous plan to look for the curse. What about Martin Karuta? He hasn't been up for a bit, but also he's a priest and also yes. he is a sneaky bastard, so he loves it. Also, he would like to do some sneaking. And where's the scene taking place? Um, Maybe like in the bilge or somewhere dark in the belly of the ship, like the lower hold or somewhere. Yep. Hmm. It's definitely lower down, so it's like below the waterline, so we're trying to find yeah. clues as to... As to what it is that's causing this curse, is probably one of the hawks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the roll-on, roll-off car deck. Yes. <laughs> I prefer an aerosol. Aerosol car decks are the best. Um, I'll keep it mum. So it's dark, apart from whatever lights we've got. And also, you can hear the sounds from the deck of people, like, repairing stuff. Sounds of thumping about and like hammering and things, because it's not that long after the storm. And Karuta's got a lantern that's like a thief's lantern that can easily be shuttered. Yep. I thought maybe they'd so be covered in kind of red material or something. Who's covered in red material? The lanterns to keep the, the light down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, his lantern, you can kind of open and shutter it so it's like can give very little light and be totally dark if someone's following you around. It's like he has practised. Yes, yes. And he says... So, what are we looking for? We're looking for anything suspicious on this ship. There is clearly some kind of curse. You know the Hawks brought some kind of magic guy with them? Some kind of evil presence. He says, hmm, an evil presence, you say? That's very interesting. Well, very. look at the evidence. Since we have been on this ship, we've been attacked by weeds, we've been attacked by giant storms, the like of which have never been seen. It is not natural. He says, perhaps it's not. Perhaps indeed. He's shining his light around. What do you think we see? What's down here that's a giveaway? There's a sudden ripple in the water that is collected at the bottom of the bilge. Yeah. A ripple that is not made of our feet. And our movements. Yeah, and Karuta like jumps back. He said, did you see that? There was movement. Something moved. Get your harpoon, Weaver. Get ready. You go to left, I go to right. And so they dive left and right. And maybe now there's splashing, but it's kind of... It means that you can't judge the movement. It says, something brushed my leg. Okay. 
I'm listening. Can you hear anything? There's like a splashing of water from somewhere. I'm going to run towards the splashing. Yeah, we run towards the splashing, but by the time we get there, there's nothing there. Halt! There is something in this place. I tell you, it is an evil presence. We need a rare. He would know. Yes, I think you're right. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's locked in the brig. Well, so because he got too near the truth. Perhaps we need to find someone else to speak to. And that might be the end of that scene? I think so. Okay, so who is after Weaver? Oh, it's Crabclaw. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so this is the next scene. I really should remember the rules by now. So Crabclaw's in the scene or he's not? Oh, I'm just picking. Crabclaw has to be in this scene and whoever else you put. Or no one, it could just be him. Rare's gone. We can't include him. We can't be chatting to him in the brig. No, Rare's gone. Okay, so we'll have uh, Blake and Torquil um, just sitting around Blake's kind of table. Right. Bemoaning the situation. Yep. Okay, so we're all sat around. Is this like in the galley or in uh, Blake's? So um, Blake's got a little kind of surgeon's desk. Mm. Yeah, he's got his surgeon's office, hasn't he? So there's going to be loads of cloths that are dirty and mm. and cutting equipment and things hanging up. And generally, it's not the most kind of yeah. pleasant place to sit in the ship. But Blake doesn't care about that. It might even still be covered in blood. And we're there and I'm like, so this is where I cut his leg off. Yes, it was rather unfortunate, but at least it wasn't more of the crew that we had to chop apart. Is, is that his leg lying down in the side there? Well, I don't like to just waste these sorts of things. I like to keep them round as a, a memento in case they wish to come back and revisit what they could have been, where their life could have gone if it hadn't at least in part ended on this table here. I, I know how that feels. Why is why is there some rosemary rubbed into it? <laughs> is that is that a sprig of mint next to it as well? Sure is. Yes. Is that just for like keeping it in good condition or I don't really subscribe to homeopathy, but uh, apparently the cook does. I don't think it's gonna work. I have to say, that leg does look good as new. I'm not sure why you even had to cut it off. But I'm not the surgeon. That's why we turn to you, sir. I don't know why I have to cut anything off, but that's the way it goes sometimes, I suppose. <laughs> I reckon that we're through the worst of it, if I'm honest. I, I can't see what could go wrong at this stage. I mean, what does that mean, that we're through the worst of it? I mean, literally, we're the worst of all of this journeys behind us. I think it's going to be clean, smooth sailing right from here. Life is just one big, long journey, and I'm not sure that it's ever going to be clean, smooth sailing. I don't feel like it's been clear sailing. Maybe it'll be clear once the hawks are off the ship. But did you hear what Weaver was saying? Not just the curse. I know she always goes on about that. Mm. But there was another thing. Deep in the belly of the ship, they saw something move. What did they see? In the bilges. Something vast and terrible. I didn't really follow the details. Well, to be honest, if there was something vast, we would have seen it beforehand. I think she's just very paranoid. She's always been like that. I don't know. She's got a real negative attitude, if I'm honest, lads. Maybe it was simply the inevitability of their own mortal demise. I mean, it could be. That kind of thing does just spring up on you and grab you by the leg. You can imagine that's the kind of thing that you'd think is a huge bay off. Mm, if you're going to find it anywhere, then deep in the bilge, 
would probably be the place you'd find it. <laughs> do you think maybe we should write her a nice card? Just, you know, uh, you're doing okay, you know, you're surrounded by your friends kind of thing. Just give it to her and let her know, you know, she's loved. And I've got some card. And scene. <laughs> I think that's the scene. Brilliant. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> We're two-fifths of the way to solving the problem of the dangerous stowaway. <laughs> and I got some glitter too. <laughs> okay, so... How many scenes left to solve it in? Three. It's okay. Torquil's full of keen to uh, make a success of everything. <laughs> I like to think that the next scene is going to be somebody delivering a card uh, when encountering the stowaway. <laughs> <laughs> And the card's got, like, three little stick figures with, like, a big heart around it in black. <laughs> it says sealed with a loving kiss on it, and there's, like, a picture of a dinosaur giving someone a hug. It's actually, like, the hearts are just printed using, like, a potato print from a severed leg. <laughs> <laughs> I think this next scene, Torquil's scene, is going to take place... It's coming into the office of... Jonathan Lockhart, and he, like, knocks on the door. Enter. Uh, sir, could I, I have a word, please, in private? Certainly. Close the door. I'll put my papers away. Sir, I, I think there might be trouble. Ahead. <laughs> but while there's moonlight and music, <laughs> <laughs> love and romance, that's not the point right now. I think there's something very wrong on this ship. Yeah, oh, really? I'm going to start to look a little more serious. What concerns you, lad? Well... You know how sailors are always saying the ship's cursed and that's no big thing? Yes, unfortunately that goes hand in hand with sailing. But I think there really is something on this ship. Something dangerous. Um, again, go on. I, I heard Weaver talking about some creature moving through the bilge water. And people don't seem to be taking it serious-like, but I don't know. She's been a hunter a long time and she says there's a creature. I think there might be. True, but she has been not of her right mind for the last few weeks. <laughs> she was stabbed through the throat, and that seems to have affected her quite poorly. It's a funny thing. I talked to the surgeon about that, and he said, What did you expect? It's inevitable. She has been confronted by your own demise. And I thought, why did I even ask him? Mm. <laughs> I knew he'd say that. <laughs> it, it does sound like the surgeon, to be honest, yes. But what I'm saying, sir, is... Maybe there's something you could do that would... Maybe you could just send some people to allay fears. I know concerns are running high in the crew about this. Very well. I'll have some of the best. I'll send the hawks to look out for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. The final scene is actually our mains. <laughs> no, on second thoughts, uh, we don't want them sinking the ship. Yes, let's, let's not make matters worse, sir. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. No, I've, there's lots of arrows around the ship, but sticking into wooden stuff. And I think they were trying to fight the storm. Yeah, there's a few fires being put out as we speak. Okay, I'll have some some crew sent down. Have a look. Thank you, sir. Assemble a crew, strong men and women. Give them some of the best armor and best weapons we've got, and have them patrol the, all the decks, sweep the decks, as it were. <laughs> not the usual kind. <laughs> but not the kind when we want to dance and sweep at the same time, yeah. Not not in the musical sense. Sir, that's not a thing that happens on real ships. You know that, don't you? Oh, isn't it? I'm going to rip off my clothes. I've got a flamboyant outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 
I'm a sailor, <laughs> kicking my legs out. What you gonna do? I love sailing. <laughs> anyway, I think that's probably about the scene, maybe just before the musical breakdown. <laughs> Good, we have Blake Grimoire. Mm. It's your moment to shine. So, how are you addressing this? So, I would like definitely Weaver, yep. who's the hunter. Who else have we got? Martin would make sense. Yeah, Martin. Yep. Yeah, I'm basically going to call everybody for this, uh, it turns out. You can make up randos, because I was thinking of that. And then I want, uh, what's his face? Crab sticks. Yep, <laughs> crab sticks. Uh, crab claw. <laughs> <laughs> and Lockhart. So I want the, the senior shipmates and the hunters, basically. Okay. And so the way that this scene is playing out is that Grimoire has called those four characters uh, down to the little animal containment sort of area in between the kitchen and the surgeon's quarters. Yeah. And the surgeon quarters door has been locked and barred and there's a thumping coming from behind it. <laughs> uh, and we'll start the scene there, I guess. Okay. Great. Thank you for coming so quickly, everybody. Now, as you can see, we keep these animals on board. Not because people like to pet them and feel good about themselves, but so that we can slaughter and eat them in time. But as I was walking here back to my quarters, then I found that somebody had already interfered with our animals. They are sick. They are dying. Somebody wishes us ill, and I have trapped them behind that door. The person or the animals? Mm. I knew there was a curse. Some demon, perhaps. Whatever it is, I don't know. I hear a rattling around in my surgeon's quarters, and so I quickly closed the door and locked it with the big, heavy iron keys that I carry with me. Alas... The animals are too far gone to save. We could eat them, but we would surely die if we did that. <laughs> Maybe you want to do that anyway. <laughs> no, we've had enough poisonings on this ship. We've all learned a valuable lesson from a couple of weeks ago. Mm. But very well done there. I'm going to nod in approval at a lesson well learned. Crab claws coming round. Right, well, I guess the hunters to the front. I guess we should confront the demons as we can. Aye, draw your weapons, lads. <laughs> I bet it's Enigma. <laughs> Bloody hate Enigma. That's why I have to wear this scarf. It's not even in my colour. I mean, the scarf looks lovely, and very shortly I am going to get you... Uh, I'm sorry I was wrong, you were right, I should have believed in you card. Damn right I was. But that's going to take some time, and I've run out of glitter. So, let's get on with this. Oh, good work with the potato print, thanks. Oh, that, do you know what? That was a lot of fun. It, we, we might actually start a craft club. <laughs> Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> all right, calm down. You can't all have a go at the potato print. Karuta draws a couple of knives that he always seems to be carrying. He loves knives. I also have a big old knife. And my claw. <laughs> I have a cavalry sabre. Not much use off horseback. Somebody kick down the door. I could just unlock it. Okay, I'm going to kick down the door first. I can unlock it if you want. Here's the keys. Kicking down it is more dramatic. He does like his keys. Fine. Clunk. I think that's probably the scene because it's on an edge. <gasps> and then we have one more scene, don't we? Three weeks later, everyone, what doesn't it good when we got rid of that guy? 
Oh, it could just be a conversation about the thing that happened and how unexpected it was. <laughs> but we don't know what the answer is until we actually rolled the dice. <laughs> Which, at this point, we're like, well, I'm sure we didn't do enough. It's a shame we had to sacrifice 90% of the crew to kill it, but... <laughs> But it sure was tasty after we did kill it. I'm glad we could eat it instead of all these sick animals. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we should have that or a fight scene. Yeah, well, it's your scene, Jonathan Lockhart, so we could pick up from there or we could do later. Maybe you could just be, Jonathan could be like reading a paper upstairs and be like, what are they doing down there? Very noisy. And he's just stamping his foot. Keep it down. <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> Try to read. <laughs> And that's what's actually coming through the door. There's nothing behind it. Now, Lock- Lockhart was down there. I called Lockhart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so if I was to give us the creature behind it, are we allowed to have anything we want behind that door? As long as it makes sense. Kangaroo box clubs. I left my kangaroo down there. Those roos are dangerous. No whale, but with octopus legs. All the dead meat from the entire place having reconstituted itself into the form of Crabclaw's brother. <gasps> Blake Grimoire's poetry made flesh. It is the form of Torquil's heartbreak. I think Winkle has tried to like get back on the ship, but he's possessed all the animal meat, and Winkle's like, please save me! And we're like, oh, do we... <laughs> Yeah, it could be a hideous Winkle seaweed construct creature. Winkle seaweed construct creature. <laughs> There's a song in that. Come on. He's gone. He's dead. We left him. We poisoned him and then threw him over the side. Could be Bambi's mum. What if it's Jabruce? <laughs> or Hannah Gulch? Um, it's the dandy. <laughs> I don't know what's going to make a better ending. Oh, it could just be that we never see it. Maybe it's just the scene of the ship sailing away from a bit of land and the four hawks just standing there going, <laughs> well, what have they done to see? <laughs> or I like the idea of a huge creature which is now dead from multiple stiletto wounds, broadsword cuts, arrows and fire, <laughs> but every other member of crew is dead and the only survivors are the four main characters going, oh dear. <laughs> well, this is about our fellowship, so what is the danger that confronts us? I think it would be good to have a door bursting open and something monstrous being there seen. Yeah, I think that would be wicked. But I don't necessarily like reanimated animal parts. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Okay, just have it as some big, scary monster. Yeah. Some hideous, nasty thing that's crawled its way on board. I think it's something that was actually in egg form in the kelp. And when we brought the kelp on board, yeah, yeah. it's now multiplied. So actually, Paul Winkle was doomed yeah. from the start. Yeah. It was like the alien thing. <laughs> well, yokes on him. <laughs> So it kind of looks like, basically like a massive turvagon. What's a turvagon? Um, that's the sea bear. Oh, a tardigrade. Tardigrade! Yeah, turvagon's like the creature from Warhammer 40,002, and it's that I've been reading a lot of lately. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a massive mutated tardigrade. Okay, yeah, so it's like this huge jellified creature. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's pretty horrifying. So the door smashes open and there's that. So this is basically a continuation in a way, isn't it? Yeah. But it feels like a logical last scene to have. Yeah. And so how does the mate lead the scene? We're all standing around, all gripping our weapons, getting ready for a fight. As the door just bursts open, as soon as the lock is done, the door almost splinters in, and this huge creature comes crashing out. 
just lunging and almost on cue everyone's just like attack and obviously Lockhart just leaps in starts to stab in and that's the cue for everyone else to get fighting and in the doorway there's four hawks just leaning against the doorway watching (laughs) (laughs) going well you didn't want us deal with this (laughs) oh in which case I will redouble my efforts to prove to Enigma and those around me that I am the toughest yeah and she just got the lucky strike Yep, and it's confirming my theory about this curse and the hawks are cursed. <laughs> hawks are definitely cursed. Like, yeah, she's she's got something. Yeah, from the other end of the ship, you see Torquil come running in going like, see what you could have had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds like it's quite a short scene, but it means that we can now find out what happened. So, third challenge draw. Start with no stones in the pool. Add one white and one red. Add one white for each successful challenge, and one red for each failed challenge. So now one white, three red. (laughs) Fuck. What? Oh, no. Yeah. It's cumulative, so we've fucked up a couple of times, so it's just getting worse and worse. A couple? We've only had a couple. (laughs) If your main character is unhappy about the path the Fellowship has taken, hold one red stone. So this is where we type a number, so we're going to type zero, one, or two. If your main character is unhappy about the path the Fellowship has taken, hold one red stone. If your main character actually wants the quest to fail, hold two red stones. Otherwise, hold no stones. Okay, three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh, talk well. I wasn't sure, because like, I do want us to fight and I want us to succeed, but I don't like the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, each player takes one white and one red. As a player, do you think the Fellowship succeeded at the challenge? Hold white if yes, red if no. The whole challenge or the one we just did? This is the final challenge one, but the outcome of the final challenge will decide the whole quest. Wait, so if we've screwed up in the first two, because in my viewpoint, we've done well there in that one, but in the previous two we've failed. But the previous two having failed, we've already put two red stones in the thing from them having failed. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. White for success, red for failure. And we're thinking about this challenge, but the overall outcome of the role will be the whole game. So, three, two, one, go. Ah, I hit plus instead. Oof, W plus. Excellent. Everyone's happy with us having successfully done that, despite literally only coming to the beast right at the last bit, but that's good. Yeah, but we had knives and stuff and it was cornered. And the hawks were behind us. Uh, yes, so... Let's see how we went. Okay, so I'm seeing five white, and we had one white to start with, so that's six white. We had three red from previous challenges and the start, and one more red. So that's five red. Uh, Four, actually. What do we want? Uh, We want it to be... When do we want it? So it should be a ten. So five or higher is what we want. On a d10? Yeah. Okay, this is a little bit tense. Oh, three. No! Oh, for Christ's sake, Ben. (laughs) So, second roll is a D9, and now it needs to be four or higher. I mean, how hard can that be? (laughs) Oh, shit. Are you joking? Oh, well. You are worse than Tristan. (laughs) That's how you roll. (laughs) And now you've doomed Tristan. Hey, listeners, there's now 20 weeks of us walking through an empty desert. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, the quest is now over. Proceed to the epilogue. Captain's log. I lost a lot of my crew. (laughs) After three challenges, the quest is over. We succeeded or failed, but our characters live on, some of them anyway. Each player briefly narrates their main character's life after the quest. I think we can say that basically that fight was a disaster. (laughs) So... Do we not work out who gets lost from that as well? Do we not do that role again? So it's red, red. A character is betrayed by the Fellowship and lost. A character. The draw indicates the minimum you must lose. You can choose to lose more characters than are required or escalate a loss to a betrayal. Or we all get eaten by a giant tardigrade. Yeah, I like to think what happens is like everyone charges in to uh, kill the weird tardigrade grub thing. Yeah. And Blake Grimoire kind of saddles up behind everyone and closes the door and relocks it <gasps> and just walks away. Nice. <laughs> oh! We all die. <laughs> the Hawks have literally just witnessed that, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not going to work out well for him either. So, epilogue. Each player briefly narrates their main character's life after the quest. I mean, did anyone live after the quest? (laughs) Open the door. I spend a lot of time bleeding out. (laughs) My blood seeping from every wound, but the one wound that is in my throat. Ironically, Enigma still has not killed me. The Tardigrade has. I try and make out of the cloth near me uh, I'm sorry card to give to my dying friend. I should have believed her. There are no potatoes in here. With my dying breath, I cough a little blood and my finger turns it into a kiss. That's very sweet. Torquil's last words are... (gasps) Oh no! Not Torquil! I forgot about Torquil. Torquil's last words are... I could have sworn he'd have rescued me. (gasps) No! (laughs) What about the mate... As Lockhart stands there, back against the corner, breathing heavily, just bleeding from all over. He's watched Weaver go down. He's watched Torquil have his throat slashed and now Crabclaw. And he's just looking around at the remains of his dead friends. He's like, why? Why did it have to be like this? And he just runs into the jaws of the uh, Tardigrade, (laughs) stabbing as the jaws clamp down and burst his head like a melon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, what what about the treacherous Blake Grimoire? I think he probably slowly locks the door and then turns around and stands with his back to it <laughs> and stares at the hawks that are all looking on from the other side of the galley. <laughs> and there's lots of screams and thumping and sound of combat from the door behind him. And slowly it all disappears until it all goes silent. And he sort of looks at the hawks and says... I think they're all at peace now. (laughs) May they find what they were looking for in the sea. (laughs) We will all join them in the end. (laughs) I'd like to think Tristan just starts, Bravo! Bravo! (laughs) Uh, I'd like to think Percy just kind of nods admittedly a little bit and then slowly draws his sword. Yeah, all the hawks slowly draw their weapons. And we pan out.
someone perfect. Me, I'm perfect. Except for well, there's only three things wrong with you. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be young again. I can't remember what the first one was, though. She can't drive. She lives in Swansea and she doesn't even know I exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. To be fair, I do drive. So yeah. just the two things. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Oh, go on, you well, lad. <laughs> oh, no. Do you want to go for. Go. <laughs> Off to you, sir. I tell you what. Imagine, if you will, a dark ocean um, <clears throat> and a storm is pushing towards the ghost. It's a noisy storm. Yeah, it certainly yeah, is. It is actually, although. Sounds really rattly. <laughs> I think manslaughter. That was not deliberate. Yeah, manslaughter, but also in the kind of anagram sense of man's laughter. Boy slaughter. Yeah. Also, boy slaughter sounds like a weird boy band. <laughs> boy slaughter. They're like a black metal boy band. Ben sounded really robotic yeah. there. Uh, he was breaking up for me, and I haven't got Google open again. Ah, because I just uh, exited Drive, so I was like... Uh, Surely that'll do the trick. Don't call me Shirley. You've gone quite robotic again. God damn it. Hang on. I'll be back. I'll be back. Nice. He wasn't really. <laughs> we just keep trolling him. I think this is going well. Yeah. <laughs>